Victory and Legacy Radio, and I'm your host, Gary Holt. Today, we're pleased to bring you a special presentation of the story of The Last Cowboy, His Journey. This program is made possible by our sponsors at the General Store and the Christmas Shop, where you'll find everything for the horse lover and folks that love the equestrian lifestyle in the General Store and the Christmas Shop on our website at equestrianlegacy.net. Joining me now is our friend and the storyteller for today, R.W. Hampton. Good morning, R.W. Morning, Gary. How in the world are you? I am doing fine. I am doing fine. You know, you have been a busy guy. And <laughs> uh, uh, I guess between putting putting fuel tanks back up, you're staying real busy this week with this wind. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've had this uh, storm front come through, and... Uh, Got a couple of snows out of it, and uh, I think it's moved on and maybe found its way to Tennessee, from what I understand. <laughs> well, it's a little windy in Tennessee today. But uh, you've got a great project that's just been released, and that's This Cowboy, My Country. Right. And, and first of all, let me congratulate you, because I think that uh, album has been in the top five on the Americana Country charts. That's Quite a, That's quite right. A deal. Yeah, yeah. We've really been blessed by its placement. You know, uh, these these things uh, that we do, they're only you know, they're like our kids. You know, and we 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 we, we raise them, we create them, we raise them up, and we turn them loose, and they're only as good as you know the the, the amount of uh, mileage they get. So we're very pleased with what it's doing. Well, it's uh, the the first part is uh, this cowboy, and um, that is available now. Right. And of course, it's doing very well, and people can find that where R.W. Well, um, th- they can go to our website rwhampton.com, rwhampton at rw at rwhampton.com. I believe that's correct. I get all of these different addresses. <laughs> but they can go to the website and uh, and then just follow the trail. That's what I have to say. Just follow the trail, and you can order it there. You can download parts of it or get the whole thing. Or you can call our, call the office here and uh, and order it, and we'll get it. We've got people waiting to send it out to you. All right. Well, it is it is a great CD. I've got it, and it's it's just terrific music on there. And I think that's rwhampton.com, and I believe it also is available on iTunes and Amazon and, and it most is, of yeah. sources. So, I'd encourage people to grab that. When is the when is the second uh, second part of that coming out? Well, we've we've got most of it recorded. We're going to go to the Fort Worth area uh, right after Christmas time, I believe, is what Lisa and I were planning that last night, and we've got I think three more cuts to record. And uh, I'm going to say realistically about March, and okay. in the early springtime, folks will be able to get it, and it'll be a complimentary piece that fits right in with it'll be this cowboy my country all right well i'm going to encourage people to visit the website rwhampton.com and uh, also visit rw's facebook page and you can keep up to date there as well so great i even even tweet every now and then (laughs) can you believe that uh, gosh, well, I'm going to have to start following you then, because I'd be interested in seeing what well, you're Well, I comment on the weather and the things that irk me, 
Uh, I, I, I'll hear something on the news about what's going up on down there with those uh, fruitcakes and nut nut jobs up in Washington. And I'll, Lisa said, honey, don't put <laughs> don't put that on Facebook. Leave that for your Twitter page or whatever. So anyhow. Oh, gosh. Well, there's a lot to keep up with that's going on in, in this country right now. And I think yes, part sir. of the reason that the, this cowboy in my country is doing so well is because it brings out the best um, in this country. And, and yes, a lot sir. of your a lot of your songs are like that, R.W., and I know people really appreciate that. But we well, want to talk. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I just think that this is a time when, you know, uh, Will Rogers, one of my favorite entertainers, uh, made his living and his greatest mark before his death when our country was at its lowest simply because they found their radios. They wanted to hear something funny. They wanted to hear something uplifting. They wanted to hear something that they could smile about, you know, and uh, and so I think maybe we're having a part in doing that today. Well, you are, and we appreciate very much your music and the thoughts that are behind uh, what you write and what you perform. You know, I was really pleased a couple of months ago. I got um, several of your CDs, and, and yeah. I think I think everybody should have several of your CDs, if not all. Of them. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> But there was one in particular that I started listening to one evening, and um, and when I sat down and started to listen, I just had to keep going. I couldn't stop. I had to listen to all of it. And as I did a little research, uh, I found out that this was actually uh, a play that you performed in the late uh, 80s, in the late 1980s, and that right. is The Last Cowboy, His Journey. And... Uh, Share with us a little bit, R.W., about how it came to be that you did the play and and this uh, and this album. Yeah, it was it was the late '80s, early '90s, and uh, my brother is a, a writer. Uh, he's 18 months younger than I am, and he was working for Dallas Magazine at the time and doing some work for the Dallas Morning News. But I had a engagement at uh, Poor David's Pub there in the Dallas area and having a little bit of trouble with my singing voice. And so um, I decided to enter, save my voice, and I would intersperse my songs with some stories. And my brother said that, um, and it was just off the cuff, and my brother said, gosh, this is, I uh, seem like folks really enjoyed it. And uh, through a story longer than I can tell, the short version is, is we came up with an idea of a two-hour, one-man stage production much like Hal Holbrook's uh, production of Mark Twain that he's, that he's been doing for probably 50 years now. And uh, uh, we talked to a playwright in Dallas, and the playwright said, well, you need a hook. You know, you need to make this guy. How about making him the last cowboy? And I said, well, his name is David Marshall Marquis. And I said, David, there is, you know, the the, the cowboy cowboys, there's still quite a bunch around, and they're doing the they're doing the job. And uh, he said, "Okay, um, we don't want to insult them. Let's project this character into the future and make him the very last cowboy." And at the time, the year was 2025, and that that would would have been written into the program that you got when you walked through the door to take your seat to watch the play. 2025. This guy is the last cowboy. 
but you find out that this one lone character that walks out on stage, you find out, honestly, he, he's a, a man that looks like he might be kind of in the prime of his life, late 30s, early 40s, somewhere in there. He's a little hard to tell. Uh, but you find out that he turned 18. He lived in East Tennessee, and he turned 18 the day that Lee signed uh, off to Grant at Appomattox. And he went back oh, wow. home. He went back home. Uh, he, had, he had mustered into the Confederacy and went back home uh, after the surrender. And he said home was gone. It was burned out and gone, and everybody was gone, and home was not home anymore. He said, what the fella to do? He said, I just uh, I borrowed a horse. And he says that kind of uh, that's kind of a throwaway line. Uh, I borrowed a horse and headed west. And he wound up in Fort Worth, Texas, and started taking cattle up the trail to Montana from the big spreads in Texas. Well, this he then takes you into the the big uh, from the trail drive era to the big uh, era of the big cattle ranches, and then he takes you into the fencing of the West. He takes you into the early 1900s and then takes you into the motion picture. That's one of the favorite things that people enjoyed about the play was our little our little uh, uh, experiences we told about working in movies in the early days. And then he right. talks about then he talks about coming into the era that we're living in now. And then he says, you know, the I'm it. I'm all that's left. There is no more cowboys. I'm the last cowboy, and they told me to kind of come out here and tell you what it was like. And it makes two really strong points, the play does, is that what would we lose if we lost the cowboy and everything he uh, exemplifies and everything he symbolizes and then the other thing that it brings out, it asks that question, and then the other thing it brings out is is uh, there's a little bit of cowboy in all of us. And that's when the audience kind of looks at each other and goes, well, wait a minute, you know. I wear Gucci loafers and, and you know, work in an office building on the, on the 32nd floor. Well, he says if you've ever helped somebody when it wasn't convenient or easy, there's a little bit of cowboy in you. If you've ever looked at a sunrise or sunset and you've known that there was uh, somebody bigger than you running this whole deal, there's a little bit of cowboy in you, uh, you know. And he says, yeah, you know, you're a, you're a cowboy, if not in real life and at, at heart. You might be that little kid from New Jersey that rode that carnival pony, weren't you, and it just stole your heart away. Yep, there's a little bit of cowboy in all of us. And so... Through two hours of stories and 15 songs or so, or on the album, I think it's 20-something pieces, uh, it tells the story. One man tells the, the entire story of the cowboy. Well, it is a great CD, and uh, I would encourage people to uh, to visit the website, order this. But we're going to we're going to take you on that journey. This was produced by the great Rich O'Brien, and uh, yes. I think you and Lisa were the executive producers on this. The uh, photography that comes along with the CD is amazing, and that was uh, by Kurt Marcus. Um, but it's it's a great story. And uh, I think a lot of people will recognize as they listen to this the fact that you have actually lived a lot of this lifestyle yourself. 
and right. Uh, a lot of a lot of the, some of the stories, like the whole centerpiece to it, was a story called Preacher and Deacon. And I'm just going to let the folks listen to it. I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but it was a story that was related to me. When I first started punching cows in the Panhandle of Texas on the Canadian River in the in the uh, early to mid seventies, um, there were still some cowboys in their seventies and eighties that uh, went back a long ways, and I actually heard stories that they were told from those old days, and it was a story of about a man wading into a swollen river. Uh, swollen by a storm and a flash flood and uh, to save a person and the person he wound up he wound up making it to shore but 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 the the, the guy that was the, the, did the saving they never found him never found a trace of him and so that's the, that was kind of the centerpiece and it has a really strong uh message uh that greater love hath no man than this than the man give his life for a friend, and uh, uh, that was the whole centerpiece of the of the of the whole album. Well, it's a, it's a great album. That is a great story, uh, and uh, we're going to share that with folks. R.W., I want to thank you for coming on and sharing this with us. And uh, Gary, I it's a joy. Wish- thank you so much. Well, thank you. I want to wish you and Lisa and your family a happy Thanksgiving and a very Merry Christmas, and um, we appreciate you folks a lot. Well, we appreciate you, and to everybody listening, as we say out here, may the good Lord bless you till our trails cross again. All right. Well, thanks, R.W., and we're going to present now The Last Cowboy, His Journey, and our storyteller is R.W. Hampton. As a boy of 18 summers, long before I knew regret, there I rode the bold unwilling, and my loop was keen and true, and even in the dead of winter, the sky seemed always blue. Saddle horse and catch twine That has been my life Some say it's been my downfall For the world has passed me by The life I live I freely chose I'm at it yet tonight I was born be a cowboy, and I will be till I die. I was born to be a cowboy, and I will be till I die. When they first asked me to come out here and tell y'all my story, (laughs) I said I didn't know about that. Well, ever since that MTV, you gotta change the subject every 10 seconds or shake your fanny just to keep folks' attention. 
But they said, no, you just go out there and tell them like they used to be told, you know, around the campfire on the great trail drive. So I said I'd do the best I could. And to tell you the truth, it kind of tickles me, folks paying good money to come in here and listen to me sing my songs and tell my tales. But then again, if there wasn't but one lion on earth or tiger or elephant left, why, folks would pay to see that too. So here I am, folks, the last one of his breed, a real true-to-life American cowboy, the last cowboy. Now... I gotta warn you right off, I don't have any grand plan here. I'm just gonna kind of tell them as they come to me. Finally in the trail 
start from four until dawn The moon was as bright as a reading light For a letter from an old friend back home If he asked me why do you write for your money Tell me why do you rope for short pay You ain't a getting nowhere And you're losing your share Lord, you must have gone crazy out there He said last night I run on to Jenny She's married and has a good life You sure miss the track when you never come back She's a perfect professional's wife She asked me why does he ride for his money Tell me why does he rope for short pay He ain't a-getting nowhere and he's losing his share Lord, he must have gone crazy out there I read off the last of my letter I tore off the stamp for Black Jim Then Billy rode up to relieve me He just looked at my letter and grinned And he asked me, say part Tell me why do we write for our money Tell me why do we rope short pay We ain't a-getting nowhere and we're losing our share God, I guess we went crazy out here But they've never seen the northern lights Never seen a hawk on the wing They've never seen the spring at the great divide And they never heard old Camp Cookie sing I turned 18 the day after Bobby Lee signed off to old Grant at Appomattox. Well, what's a feller to do? I I went back home, but home had gone to ruin after four years of war. The roads is full of folks headed west, though. Ask them where they is headed, and they'd say west, just west. So I uh, acquired a horse and headed west, too. I looked back one last time on all that was standing of the place where I was born and raised. What I was leaving behind didn't exist anymore. What I was headed for was still being made. And and I guess in a way that's what America's always been about, leaving things behind 
hoping to find something better. to get west, and of course you know where the west begins, Fort Worth, Texas. That's where I headed, Lord Almighty, Texas. I was out walking one morning for pleasure, spied a cowpuncher riding along. His hat was thrown back and his spurs was a jingling. As he approached, he was singing this song. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. Your mammy was born way down in Texas, where the Jimson weed and the sandburst grow. We'll fill you up on prickly pear and choya. Throw you out on that long, lonely road. Whoopie tie, I you get along, little doggies. Sure misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, I you get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming. Gonzalo Zaragoza rode together once on the Flying Diamond Ranch up there in northeastern New Mexico, up there where the grassland rolls up into the Rockies. Well, in the summer, we'd ride up into the mountains to bring down the young horses to break for fresh saddle mounts. Those young horses could run, and they loved to run, and we'd run our mounts with them riding like July thunder. 
Well, there would be, surrounded by horse flesh, horses all around, hooves a pound in the ground, the smell of leather and horses and mountains and, and all those horses with their tails raised up and their necks stretched out and their eyes a-bulging. And see, what we'd be trying to do is drive them into a pen, all these free, young, unbroke horses, because so, we had to break them and, and teach them the saddle. And just as we'd get them turned and headed right, there's one. Always one that breaks free and makes a dash for the tall and uncut country. And he's special, that one that breaks free. And I, I light out after him because I can see it in him that if I could catch him and break him, he'd make a great mount. There I am, my loop is spinning. And right then, somehow, some way, time just stops. Stands dead still and nothing else matters. The rest of the world goes away somewhere and there's nothing else but catching that horse. And then as my loop sailed out across the air, there was a, a secret little part of me that, that hoped I would miss so that horse wouldn't have to take up the saddle. When I would think that, I'd want to coil my rope up and ride off into the mountains and live with the wild young horses. When I would feel that, I knew I was alive. You're listening to the story of The Last Cowboy on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Jake and me, all the boys, really could see it coming. The end of the trail drives, that is, the end of the open range. One time, me and Jake come off a trail drive, and strictly for the heck of it, we decided to ride all the way from Abilene, Kansas, to the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> By darn, we did it, too. Greatest journey of my life, even though we did see fences sprouting up like weeds along the way. Well, we figured on heading up towards that Yellowstone country folks was talking so much about. One night, we made our camp out along the Yellowstone, right where she runs out of Wyoming into Montana. Quiet there, of course. You can hear forever. Well, our fire had burned down, and we were just about to nod off to sleep when we heard something from the ridge just there. We listened and waited, and the wind brought it to us. It was a kind of a sound being repeated over and over again. One high-pitched wail, followed by another low, booming sound, over and over, faint, just barely on the edge of the night. We got our rifles and walked real quiet up the crest of that ridge, staying low so we couldn't be seen. The light from a fire on the other side shined up brighter and brighter as we came close, and the sound rose up like it had a life all of its own. And the louder that sound got, the more my heart pounded in my throat, until at last we lay in the grass and looked over the top of that ridge. And there it was. A band of Indians dancing around that fire. Maybe 50 of them, men, women, and children. The more I watched, the sorrier I felt, because this was a pretty ragged little band. They were poor and thin, but that didn't stop them. They were singing and dancing like there was no tomorrow. The Indians were being hunted down and herded onto reservations, or just plain hunted down and killed. It wasn't until then, watching those Indians dance around that fire, that, that it all came home to me, and I understood what me and Jake had in common with those Indians. We weren't the politicians that sent in the army or the 
buffalo hunters or the miners that ruined their home country. The Indians had roamed and wandered. So would we. They had depended upon their horses. So would we. They had slept on the ground and sat on the grass. So did we. Now their time was done. So was ours. a feller to do but move on down the trail well that trail led me back to Texas as I crossed over into Texas I I came across some country that called to me more than any place I've ever been before or since 
It was the Canadian River Breaks country of the panhandle of Texas. I don't know if folks still feel that same kind of attachment to a place anymore, those kind of roots, but somehow I knew it was time to get off the trail. It's quiet this evening on the old Canadian as I ride out alone. I'm lonely but free, just my pony and me. And the river is singing a song Got plenty of rain The grass is growing tall The river is rolling along The cattle are fat The calves looking good Just laying around waiting for fall as I ride out on the point of a mesa, I survey all the beauty below. An eagle screams down to his friends on the ground. It's time to be bedding down. That old setting sun paints its colors on the mesas and on the river canyon walls. From somewhere far away, the coyote calls its mate. It's time to be headed home. The moon's a shining bright on the old Canadian as I jog down the canyon for home I'm lonely but free just my pony and me a cowboy at peace with the world I'm a cowboy at peace with the Preacher was an old black feller that worked the L.S. range up near Tascosa, up in that Canadian River country I told you about. Now, he was mighty interesting to me because in the course of his life, he'd been a slave, a mule skinner building roads, a cook on an ocean-going ship, but I knew him best as a cowboy, and a darn good at that. They called him Preacher because he was always talking about the Almighty and heaven and hell and such, and he rode an old bay mule he called Deacon. The other fellers respected Preacher as a top hand, but they kind of shied away from him because, to tell you the truth, he made their conscience a little bit sore and ouchy. But I used to love to hear his tales. He told about Noah and his great ship and how Moses beset the Pharaoh of Egypt with locusts, plagues, and pests, and how Abraham was going to kill his own boy, but God stopped him just in time. And then he told me about the man a man called Jesus. Sermonizing carpenter, he called him. 
son of the master who went around making the lame to walk and the blind to see only to be lynched by the very folks he was trying to help. I didn't savvy that, not at all. But preacher said, son, that's the way it was meant to be. He'd say, for greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for a friend. That's what preacher said. But he did more than just say those words. He lived by them. Preacher and I were out prowling one night, just jogging along, headed back to camp, when we heard this beller from down near the Canadian River. Well, we rode down and found a calf bogged down in the mud in a little backwater. Well, being the youngest, I volunteered to go down and make the rescue, which I did with little trouble. I just reached down and pulled that little dauber out of the mud and laid him across the saddle in front of me. Well, when I went to back old Sancho out, he had bogged down too. He backed into a branch and goosed and jumped right in the middle of that red rolling hell of a river. For I could even kick my feet out of the stirrups, an undercurrent caught us, and there we were, me and a thousand-pound horse on the bottom of that river, and he was on top. I kicked and pulled and strained for the longest time, but it wasn't no use. I thought the end was coming for sure when all of a sudden a pair of mighty powerful hands reached down and grabbed me by the belt and wrenched me free. Next thing I knew, I was bobbing to the surface, gasping for breath. I floated downstream a ways and grabbed me a clump of grass and pulled myself up on the bank. And while I lay there, getting my wind and my wits about me, I became strangely aware that Preacher, Deacon, Sancho, and the calf, they were all gone. I run up and down the bank calling Preacher's name, but, but no answer. I walked back to camp and I told the boys what had happened and they said, Son, don't you worry. Preacher's been and worse jackpots than that. He'll be along here directly. You just wait and see. Well, Sancho did come in later that night and I was mighty grateful for that. But Preacher never did. Next morning we went back down to the river and rode the bank for several miles on either side and all we found was a set of mule tracks leading off into that water, and the way those tracks were spread out, it's plain that mule was moving on. One of the boys took a plank off the wagon and drove it in the sand there, and he took his knife and he carved. Preacher and deacon crossed over here. Since I was the closest to preacher, the boys asked me to say a few words. Preacher was a good man. He saved my life. There's a there's a song he always sang. Precious memories, unseen angels, fly across the lonely. Blood 
I wrote this about me and Hazel. It's called uh, The Ballad of Hazel O'Neill. I rode into town on a Saturday morn to procure some coffee, some flour, and corn. I tied up my pony at Smith's Mercantile where an angelic vision did stand me quite still. "'Twas a woman of substance, her uh, physique, I mean. "'She was broad at the shoulders and nowheres too lean, "'and light chestnut curls round the shoulders "'did spill of this stout, ample beauty, Miss Hazel O'Neill. "'I watched all amazed as she hefted a bag of oats "'by a poundage that most men would drag. "'In her wagon she throwed it like pillows of down "'and reached for another with nary a frown.' I says to myself, this ain't right, not at all. A woman might stumble, might fracture or fall. I stepped in to help her, and if looks could kill, <laughs> a murderess she'd be, Miss Hazel O'Neill. But I wasn't set back. I was smitten instead. My heart was my pilot instead of my head. I stepped in there bold, and her wagon did fill, and she drove off in silence, Miss Hazel O'Neill. Well, I couldn't shake her. I, I couldn't erase that figure so sturdy, that delicate face. All curried and dandied, my boots spit and shine. I rode off next Sunday for romance to find. But she weren't for port swings or formal pretense. The key to her heart was a quarter-mile fence. So I stretched wire and set post from the barn to the hill with this beauty beside me, Miss Hazel O'Neill. When the fencing was done and we'd burned up the day, I gathered my voice and proceeded to say, uh, uh, Excuse me, Miss Hazel, can, can I come again? Then I waited her answer to my romance plan. She said, If you must, about the same time next week. I rode off all heady and flushed at the cheek, and sure enough, Sunday, I rode down the hill, spent all day a Brandon with Hazel O'Neill. For Sunday and Sunday I worked at her side and thought, this is hard work, this winning a bride. Till one day I did it while dredging her well. I said, ma'am, Miss Hazel, I, I sure think you're swell, and I was just wondering, I mean so to say, uh, perhaps we should team up our horses someday. Her face went all ashen. I saw a tear spill, and then came these dark words from Hazel O'Neill. There once was another, a drover like you, who came here a-courtin' and swore his heart true. For five months I had him till his drifting heart yearned for the trail and did tear us apart. Now you've been here four months, next Sunday starts five, and soon you'll be a-wantin' for cattle to drive. I would, it were different, but I must say no, cause wandering cowboys must saddle and go. And wander I have, and wander I will, but I'll never forget her, Miss Hazel O'Neill. Bonnets take me away 
affair Those you wore in your hair It seems like was just yesterday You were so shy and so proper Oh, how I acted a fool But this cowboy and girl Got wrapped up in a world Of Texas, the springtime and you Night wind, oh night wind Does she lie awake long in the way that I do? I think of the love that is gone now. I think of the good times we knew. But roses, they say, Shall wither and fade like Texas, the springtime and you. Tell me, blue norther, does she feel the same? Does she lie awake long and just whispering my name to? Night as I lay on the prairie, gaze at the big Texas moon. I'll dream of that night, all the stars shining bright of Texas, the springtime and new. Roses, they say, shall wither and fade like Texas, the springtime and you. Kinsabe Ranch, $750 a month. Comes out to be about two bucks an hour. 
Well, I ain't got a dime in these worn-out old jeans, so I'll quit eating steak, boys. I'll go buy things, but I'll win me a ten-spot. Press good, I know, riding the Bronx in the big rodeo. presentation of R.W. Hampton's The Last Cowboy on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Today I quit my job to leave this city far behind. I'm all through with trouble and strife. Haven't got a thing to show for what I've done with my life, but I'm not poor. I'm traveling light. I've got the blue sky above me, a good pony between my knees. Everything I own, I carry on my back. That's all a cowboy ever needs. And I'm rotten high, white and handsome again, just like the wind. I'm traveling light. My heart belongs where a cowboy can roam while it's free. Now that's living right. And to lay beneath the stars at night, wait for the moon to rise. Just like him, I'm traveling light. I've got the blue sky above me, a good pony between my knees. Everything I own, I carry on my back. That's all a cowboy ever needs. And I'm rotten high, white and handsome again, just like the wind. I'm traveling light. I'm headed west, never. 
never looking back, I'll say so long to big city life. And I will rein my pony in till the feeling is right. Adios, boys, I'm traveling light. I've got the blue sky above me. A good pony between my knees Everything I own, I carry on my back That's all a cowboy ever needs And I'm riding high, white and handsome again Just like the wind I'm traveling like, like that wind I'm traveling Anything that spread the cowboy myth all over the world, it was the Hollywood Western, from Tom Mix to Clint Eastwood. Now, those westerns sure were a lot of fun, but outside of some of the classics like Shane, Red River, High Noon, while you could do a western in ten lines, that's right, ten lines. Well, I'll show you. It goes like this. I'll save your ranch, ma'am. So you're the new sheriff in town. I'm a mighty peaceable man till I get riled up. It'd be a shame to see you get shot in the back, Sheriff. Well, you're a yellow-bellied coward, and everybody knows it. All right, then, boys. We'll burn them out. Why, hanging's too good for you. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Ride north. Ride hard, and don't look back. Oh, shucks, ma'am. It weren't nothing. Trail. 
Oh, part, we've had our share of fun But now that roundup time is done I will miss you more than words could ever tell Vaya con Dios Hasta la vista Hope you find your treasure at the rainbow's end. I wish you all the very best. And as the folks say way out west, may the good Lord bless you till our trail crawls again. Got a hunch that I'll go anywhere the wind blows. But there's rest and pasture at the river's bend. You will know me from afar when you hear my hearty part. May the good Lord bless you till our trails cross again. May the good Lord bless you till our trails cross again. One thing those movies did have right was that part about the horse. How important the horse was to the cowboy. Why, well, a man afoot was no man at all. Here's a song about one of my favorite ponies. In the Arizona desert Where the tall saguaros grow where the purple Bradshaw mountains rise, Yawafria flows down in a lonesome sand wash where no man should ever go. A buzzard picks the sun bleached bones of the horse that I call Sancho. Sancho was a good horse, best one I ever owned. His blood was hot as a desert sun, stout of heart and bone. A rangy, long, blood-colored bay, he was only four past dough. The day I drug my saddle from the horse that I called Sancho. We were rounding up the slick ones when our work was almost done. I jumped another maverick bunch for one last downhill run. I should have known it had enough, but I just had to go. Catch another wild cow brood on the horse that I called. Sancho. Down a rough and rocky mountainside for two and one mile more. I had to feed and cut them off down to the desert floor. Through the boulders and the choya to the sandy wash below. Weren't no such thing as quit or stop in the horse that I called. Sancho. 
I closed the gap on a brindle cow of maybe two or three. I jerked her down and I tied her up to a palo verde tree. I loosened off the cinches so my old part could blow. But breath came short from the mighty lungs of the horse that I called Sancho. Out on the dark a desert where nobody else can see. The tears I cry for an honest horse who gave his all for me. If heaven has a place for him, I know that's where he'll be. Standing saddle ready in the home that waits for me. In the Arizona desert where the tall swirls grow. Where the purple Bradshaw mountains rise. Yahweh free of flow Down in a lonesome sand wash Where no man should ever go A buzzard picks the sun-bleached bones Of my beloved Sancho Why? 
back to you And you'll know my lonesome drifting days are through How far must I ride till I find it Oh, this place in the ranges of my mind Where enjoyed this special presentation of The Last Cowboy, His Journey. And a very special thank you to our guest, R.W. Hampton, for sharing the story with us. Be sure and visit rwhampton.com to find out more about R.W. and to uh, purchase his music. From everyone at Equestrian Legacy Radio, we wish you the happiest of Thanksgiving and a very happy holiday season as well. And we remind you, as always, if you climb in the saddle, get ready to ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard around the world online at equestrianlegacy.net. Photographs and trophy buckles, the things you hold with pride as eyes grow dim won't mean as much as what got lots of memories to me worth more than gold and I can say I'm ready Lord anytime it's time to go cause it's been saddle horse and catch twine that has been my life some say it's been my downfall Cowboy, and I will 